And we're live. How's everybody doing? Hope you're doing well. Still in the thick of it. Um, no one in sight, unfortunately. But we are doing what we can. Um, a lot of our conversations really focus on bringing Israelis and Palestinians together to uh, talk and to reconcile. But today is an episode dedicated to truth telling. Oh, sorry about that. I had my live on on a different screen, so you may have heard a little feedback loop. Um, you think I've been doing this for years, I shouldn't be making such errors anymore, but here we are. Uh, th this episode is dedicated to truth-telling. Uh, in an age of information, we're also in an age of dis and misinformation. And I think this wave of violence, more than any before, I think we have a real, a, a greater trouble than ever before knowing what's true. Um, and Tal, Tal's here with us. He's really our expert at, at this. So he's going to really take the lead here. I just want to say a few words on more a high level approach, how we could start to make sense of things. And then Tal is gonna get into the details. We're gonna talk about the Al-Ali Arab Hospital, which has been Im immensely controversial. Many people think that it's uh, a, a, a done deal that we know who did it. Um, when I posted on my socials, we don't know who did it yet. I got attacked both by Israelis and Palestinians that how dare I say something like that? Because obviously we do know. Um, and interestingly, the side you tend to believe happens to be the side you support. Interesting, right? Interesting how that works. Um, so j just a, like a, a thought on how to help make sense of this. What I'm seeing a lot of people, they're taking information that they get from either Hamas or from Israel or even the United States. And to them, they see that as a source of truth. Now, it's important to understand these entities are at war, right? Hamas and Israel are at war. This war is not only a military conflict. It's a conflict of narratives. And both sides have incentive and a history of lying um, and a well-documented history of doing so. So if Israel says something or if Hamas says something, that should not be taken at face value. That very well may be a lie. And if you want to start to make sense out of what's going on, Take everything they say with a grain of salt. Thankfully, we have this, and social media helps make it possible. We have this uh, democratization of, of information in a sense, and many people can come in and investigate and analyze and report on their own. And this is what we're seeing. So there's many uh, independent investigations happening. And Tal here actually did one of the more thorough ones. Um, and he came out with the conclusion, and then a few days later, found new information and corrected it, right? This is the approach to do it. So if, if you want to, and Tal will go deeper into this, but if you want to know what's true, don't listen to Israel. Don't listen to Hamas. And if America says we confirm what Israel says, that doesn't mean anything, okay? This is not the way to know what's true. Depend on third-party NGOs to confirm things and on independent investigators. Um, and Tal, with that, I'll, I'll give it to you. Take it away in any direction you'd like. Uh, thank you, Adar. So we've been seeing a lot of information over the past few days, uh, the past few weeks, ever since the war between uh, Hamas and Israel uh, started on October 7th. And a lot of information has been put out there, a lot of information that has been manipulated, misunderstood, uh, sometimes outright lies. Um, and it has been truly difficult for, I think, the majority of the people to understand what they're looking at and know when something is factual, when something has been misconstrued uh, and 
that's where the role of people like myself and others who truly want to have a better understanding of what happened on the ground uh, come into play. Um, as Adar said, uh, I'll go a little bit into what my analysis was, but the first, I've currently already had four updates to my analysis. Um, every time I update it, I make corrections because people have um, notified me about certain things that I got wrong. Um, new information comes to light or I notice something due to someone else telling me about it uh, that I then add to the next um, approach. Um, right off the bat, I had a very, very strong inclination based on some of the photos that I saw that it was most likely due to um, an errant Hamas rocket. And I gave very little weight to the, hum to the intercepted rocket hypothesis, as well as the airstrike or artillery hypothesis. We'll just call it the Israeli hypothesis, um, as in that it was a direct um, attack by Israel, either intentional or intentional. Um, and then Currently at the fourth update, um, I've actually given much more weight, um, equal weight to the hypothesis that it was actually due to an Israeli um, airstrike and not due to a errant uh, Hamas rocket, simply because of more information that I reviewed uh, because it came to light. My uh, analysis, um, you know, some of the criticisms against my analysis is um, that I've gotten things wrong or that, you know, I, I have a clear agenda of where I'm trying to go. Um, I would refute these claims not because you know, even though I'm Israeli and even though I live in Israel and, and am directly affected by this conflict and also, you know, depending on what type of conclusions I reach, it could actually affect Israel's image in a good way or a bad way. Um, but when I try to do my analysis, I try to separate myself from the analysis um, because if I let myself be influenced by the outcome of the analysis, then there's no point in doing the analysis. Um, I could simply just share the tweets by the IDF and say, see, the IDF said we didn't do it, therefore we didn't do it. Um, or if I believe 100% that it was uh, um, done by the IDF, then I'll just look at whatever Hamas said or Palestinian organizations, and that's it. They did it. Um, but we, I think we should strive for looking beyond this. Another thing that is questioned is, well, Israel has bombed a lot of other sites in Gaza, so why do we care about it bombing a hospital, whether it didn't or didn't? It doesn't matter. Israel's bombed a lot of other places, and a lot of civilians have been killed in these um, airstrikes. Well, for me as an analyst, this is where I believe that I can come into play. Um, a lot of the airstrikes are not places where we need to debate on what actually occurred. We know that an airstrike took place, not because, not just because we have very, very clear footage of an airstrike coming in, um, in terms of actually seeing the bomb come down, um, but also Israel takes responsibilities for a lot of these events. But the, the strike, the explosion that occurred at the hospital, had two things to it that were very, very interesting to me as an analyst. One is that no side was willing to take responsibility in the slightest. Uh, for example, today the IDF uh, tank accidentally fired at a Egyptian uh, military post, injuring seven Egyptian soldiers, and they made immediately a post online saying that we are deeply sorry for this um, accident. It was not on purpose. So they immediately took responsibility. But with regard to the hospital, Israel immediately came out saying that it was not responsible for the event and Hamas and other Palestinian factions immediately came out saying that they were not responsible for it and that it was Israel. So first we have both sides of both parties saying that they're not responsible for the event. So now we have a question as to who is responsible. Um, and then also it's the specific place that was targeted or not targeted. I mean, the a direct targeting of a hospital um, is a serious escalation from even targeting a civilian building because with a civilian building, you can talk about the, proportionality in terms of if there's a um, Hamas leader or there's a leader of a militant group there. So does the proportion of the civilian casualties 
um, outweigh killing a Hamas leader or a Palestinian Islamic Jihad leadership, as we saw in 2021 and 2022. But a hospital has a very, very different uh, story to it. To those that don't know um, what we're actually talking about here, I'll kind of run through the general story of what happened and then my analysis. Um, and then after that, we'll talk about some issues in terms of that I've observed over the past week and a half in doing online analysis. So um, on October 17th, towards the evening, there was reports that came out that the Al-Hali um, hospital in Gaza was bombed, that it was destroyed, and there was roughly 500 um, people that were killed. This number went up to 800 killed, and then it went up to 1,000 killed, and the reports vary depending on who you were talking to. But according to the uh, Ministry of Health of Gaza, it, it varied between 500 to 800, and then went down to 417, I think, four, 400 and something. Um, Israel immediately came out and said that it was not responsible for the attack, just I think an hour or two after the initial reports. And then from there on, uh, as the days have gone by, there's been more and more evidence that has trickled out that people have used to either claim that this is unquestionable proof that Israel bombed the hospital, and also information that came out that is unquestionable truth, proof that Hamas or the a Palestinian Islam Jihad misfired a rocket and it hit the hospital. Um, and so the question has been, how do we actually get to the bottom of this? So my approach was to first remove the parties that could have been responsible. Both Hamas, the PIG, any of the Palestinian factions, as well as um, Israel, have a motive not to be responsible for this. And to be honest, um, if I was in if I was in the leadership seats of both of these parties, it would make sense to me that during a war, especially where you don't want to give the other side anything to use against you, even if you were responsible for the event, you wouldn't take responsibility for it because you could end up helping the other side through their, through their information warfare. And so both sides, I don't care what they released. I actually, later on, I showcased a lot of inconsistencies, both with the claims made by Hamas and the in and inconsistencies made with the claims by um, Israel. And so I decided to remove their claims. I was never, I was not going to add um, their uh, evidence points into the analysis. I felt that if I could prove that either the Palestinian Islamic Jihad or Hamas or the IDF were actually responsible for the explosion without using the official sources of governments or the Israel or Palestinian groups, then that would be much more influential in terms of actually making people believe it. Um, and so I looked at photos from the event. I looked at shrapnel, so the dispersal of shrapnel. I looked at what other experts um, had to say. There were experts that said that it looks like an airburst munition, that it looks like um, the, due to the indents on the roofs. So other people completely disagreed and said that this looks more like something that, that would happen from a misfired rocket. It doesn't have the strength of um, a missile by the IDF. And so I, I took all these different arguments and slowly built up based on all the different hypotheses. The main three ones that I was building my hype was essentially trying to do is you have three different claims um, in general what happened. You have that it was a direct airstrike by the IDF or artillery fire. Um, it was a misfired rocket that Hamas essentially or the PIG fired a barrage of rockets into Israel. One of them misfired and they, it fell into the Gaza um, hospital's grounds. And the third one was that the Israeli Iron Dome intercepted a missile over a rocket over Gaza. It broke into pieces and fell in, fell in the hospital and landed in such a way that it caused a, an explosion with the vehicles there. And so what I tried to do is look at the claims that were being made 
and the evidence points of each individual piece of evidence and try to see how, how much strength they have. Um, right now I'm working on update five. I've kind of put it on hold. I was supposed to release it today, but due to a lot of um, uh, stuff going on at my work where I actually get paid to do this type of stuff, um, I had to focus on that. So I had to put my personal um, project, which is this on hold, but tomorrow hopefully I'll have that out. Um, and essentially what I'm looking at now is trying to look a little bit deeper at the fragmentation to see actually if the fragmentation aligns with an airburst, that it aligns with an IDF strike or with a misfire in terms of the strength and how much we're seeing. Uh, I'm trying to look at claims regarding the geolocations of different videos to try to get an understanding of where. We do know that a rocket was um, uh, intercepted by the Iron Dome. The question is where exactly it was intercepted over Gaza or over Israel. And so that's being currently um, looked at by a lot of the different analysts that I'll be adding to my conclusions. We also have to look at the trajectory of where actually the impact happened. According to the current um, analysis that I did and then another um, group did, the, the trajectory of the rocket, the missile, the artillery shell came from the east, which would mean Israel, and towards the west. However, something that I only thought about after I posted my update number four was that it is possible, as we've seen from previous footage, for a Hamas errant rocket or any other group to essentially go into a turn, essentially think about it going up and then turning back down. And so that's a possibility that I have to now think about that that actually could have been a reason. Um, of course, the other thing I didn't take into consideration that some others would is priors. Priors essentially means looking at prior events. We do know according to the hospital, they claim that uh, two days ago, there were two artillery shells that hit the hospital. Um, and so this would give you know some type of statistical benefit in terms of if artillery shells hit the hospital just days ago, then maybe they hit it again with artillery shells. Um, additionally, we also know that Hamas rockets do misfire, so there is a chance of that happening. So we could look at the statistics of what's the likelihood of it falling. The IDF also recently released a map, and one of the places where they identify a misfire is at the hospital. Of course, I don't use that as an evidence point because the IDF released it. Um, and I'm also trying to look at other evidence points regarding videos that were taken at the scene. And that's currently where I'm at. Um, I don't have a clear picture as to who's responsible based on my analysis. It seems right now about 50-50, but I think that my next update is gonna shift that balance one way or the other. I don't know yet. I have to look deeper into the claims that I saw people making and also some corrections that I have to make to my analysis. Um, and so just as Adar was saying, there's a lot of misinformation, even with this case in particular. Um, one case was simply, one of the first things that was said is that the hospital was destroyed. Um, this was ran by the New York Times, this was ran by other, the BBC, other journals. They all said that the hospital was destroyed. That was the word that they used. Um, and so when they said this, it was very obviously that it would have been an airstrike. The only type of rocket, um, we don't know many rockets that can take down an entire building. Only air, IDF airstrikes can. But when the dust settled and the morning after came, when we saw photos of the area, there was no building that was completely destroyed. There's also conflicting reports about the death toll. According to the Palestinian Ministry of um, Health, there was, I think, 417 deaths. Um, that was their final number. However, 417 deaths is a lot of people, um, but it's not impossible for where it occurred because we do know from the only video footage we have of dead bodies from the scene is from a courtyard that is roughly three feet away of where the actual impact occurred. 
Um, and it is very possible that a lot of people could have been maimed and killed as a result of the shrapnel from that rocket, that artillery shell or missile. Um, however, it is important to understand that the Ministry of Health of Gaza, they are essentially governed. Hamas is a government entity. They control all the different ministries in Gaza. And so there is a chance that they inflated the numbers in order to make it uh, look really bad against Israel. We know that whether or not it was the state of Israel, um, the initial reports that it was a direct hit by the IDF um, was very, very helpful um, in their campaign war against the state of Israel. There was riots all over the world at different embassies. Uh, Jews in different facilities were attacked all over the, all over the world. There were um, countries, Yemen and other um, countries started joining in and actually sending suicide drones towards Israel. I mean, in terms of the media war and the information war, they won that night. Um, whether or not they were responsible or Israel was responsible. Um, so that was the initial story that we had. Um, regarding the claims made by the IDF and Israel, there were a few issues with them. Uh, first, I'll talk about the ones made by Israel. So there were two things that Israel used as proof. One was a um, alleged conversation between two Hamas operatives that they intercepted, and the other was the trajectory of the rockets from a radar map. Um, the radar map, actually, interestingly enough, I of course, I don't use this in my analysis because I'll explain why in a bit, um, but it actually does align more with other videos of the event, but it contradicts the, the convers con uh, conversation between the Hamas, um, the Hamas militants. In that recording, Hamas mil the alleged Hamas militants are saying that it was fired from a graveyard um, right behind the hospital. And that is roughly five kilometers away from where the other map that the IDF released showcased the rockets coming from. So there's an inconsistency there as to, from the IDF's own release there, there's an inconsistency as to when it came out. Um, two reasons that I don't use the IDF as claim. One is an incentive. The IDF and any body has an incentive to lie about this. But I can't confirm whether or not the video of the two Hamas um, militants is even authentic. There's no way for me to know if that's an authentic conversation between two Hamas militants or not. And so there's no way for me to use that in my analysis. Um, and the radar map also, like, I don't actually know if this was the actual radar map that the IDF released or something that they manipulated. And so I can't use that. Um, the second thing we had was um, official statements made by Hamas. So interestingly enough, it was the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, which is a smaller but very powerful organization in the um, in the Gaza Strip. Of course, the Hamas and the PIG operate in all the different areas. They operate in the West Bank. They operate in Gaza. They operate in um, Lebanon. They operate in Syria. Um, I think Syria, I think it's more the PIG, but we know that Hamas operates in the north. And but Hamas came out with their official declaration showcasing why they weren't responsible. And two of the main claims that they make in that report, one is that the IDF released a message at, I think it was 7.17 or 9.17, I think it was 7.17, of the IDF essentially taking responsibility for the attack. Um, this was from a fake Telegram channel. It wasn't real. This wasn't the official channel of the IDF that released the statement. Um, Al Jazeera originally actually posted this claim. Um, but when the IDF essentially called them out on it and said that we never posted this, they quickly deleted that post. Interestingly enough, um, a few hours just as the hospital story came to light, there was a Facebook post going around um, Twitter of essentially this Facebook group that was the Arabic IDF spokesperson uh, page, um, where essentially they're gleaming and talking about how happy they are that they hit a hospital. This was shared by Muhammad Al-Quds, who, Al who has like over a million followers. 
Um, I looked at the page and found that it was a fake page. It had nothing to do with the IDF. And later it was um, deleted because it was impersonating the real IDF um, spokesperson in Arabic. Um, and so I, my assumption is that these pages were actually made most likely to make Israel look bad, but that's just my personal assumption. It's just interesting that both of these pages came to light not too long before the, they were used as evidence against Israel. Um, but that's just my own assumptions. It's nothing that I can use in my analysis. The other thing that Hamas said um, in their official post, which is very interesting, is they said that no Palestinian factions fired rockets towards Israel right before or during the explosion. This was a claim that they made. And I was able to disprove this almost immediately by looking at, so whenever there's a siren in Israel, there's a red alert app that tells you um, not only what time the rockets, uh, the alert came on, but also where they were fired towards. And we know that the explosion took place at 6.59 and there were rockets fired at Israel at 6.59. In addition to this, in verified footage from Al Jazeera and as well as Channel 12 and also another um, camera that I think was in Ashdod looking at Gaza, we see rocket fire from Gaza 35 seconds before the explosion at the hospital. So already this is an outright lie that there was no rocket fire right before the event. There was. And so both the IDF and both Hamas released something that was either a mis- a um, either one side had stuff that they contradicted one another and also one of them didn't make any sense and Hamas released statements that were just completely fabricated lies. And so this doesn't help us at all because the fact that both of them released information that lied doesn't help us at all. In addition to this, a lot of people um, uploaded videos that were not about the event. Um, there was one post that was shared by um, a Twitter user uh, showcasing this airstrike um, near a building that was a hospital. And they shared this video saying that this was conclusive proof that Israel bombed the hospital. I mean, just look at the, I mean, you see, you essentially see the flares of an Israeli jet going over and then the airstrike on this building and it's right next to a hospital. So it's the Al-Ali hospital. However, this video is from two days later at the Al-Quds hospital next to the Palestine Red Crescent Society. And this airstrike took place roughly 60 meters away from the hospital behind a building on the other side of the road. Um, and I was able to determine that this video was not connected to the event by just looking at the pillars in the video. And then less than 10, 15 minutes later, I was able to find the actual building where it took place. And so this information spreads really, really fast. Um, but of course, something that we could always say is, okay, but it gets corrected by people like me, people like you who see these things and realize that they're fake, but it doesn't matter to the majority of people. They see the initial reports by Twitter users. They trust. And that's it. That That's the story. There are still people today, roughly five days after the initial um, reports of the explosion at the hospital, still saying that the hospital was destroyed, saying, how could I don't understand how people are still debating whether or not the IDF um, uh, committed an airstrike against the building when the hospital was destroyed. But it wasn't. That was the narrative from the same night of the explosion. That's not the narrative anymore based on new information. But people saw the initial reports both by the IDF and by Hamas, and they ran with those stories based on who they believed. You'll also find that the majority of accounts that are talking about um, the information in terms of trying to share information and try to, um, you know, we're trying to do an objective analysis of what happened. If you look at their feeds, it's very obvious that if it was Hamas, they're not going to uh, 
say something. And I'm saying this is, of course, my personal opinion about it. But when I'm seeing pages that are constantly only speaking, essentially, on the Palestinian narrative, and they're constantly dehumanizing um, Israel, then it's very obvious that they're never going to release a report that goes against that narrative or try to find alternative information. The same thing goes for Israeli channels that are still pushing out that it had to be a Hamas misfire. I mean, look at the IDF. The IDF reported that it wasn't them. It's not them. They're never going to actually look into information that would contradict that statement. Um, my, in my analysis and other people who have done an analysis, it's interestingly enough, both Al Jazeera, myself, almost most of the places that have to try to do a more objective analysis, and I'm also including Al Jazeera in this, even though Al Jazeera is known by many people in Israeli circles as being anti-Israel, even their conclusions is that they don't actually know whether it was an airstrike um, or a misfire. And so we currently are at a point where we don't know. Um, what could be conclusive evidence, though? What, how do we know 100% who did it? One of the biggest things is shrapnel. No matter what size the event, um, the artillery is, or the uh, missile or the rocket, there has to be some remnants of it on the ground. Um, Hamas controls this area, and they have every incentive to have Israel be blamed for this. And it makes sense. If there was an explosion in Israel, and Israel could um, showcase um, unequivocally that it was due to Hamas, then they would prove that. Um, however, the day after the actual explosion, the crime scene was essentially sweeped clean, uh, swept clean. There was no investigation conducted. They've gone about regular business. Of course, we have to remember that this is a hospital during wartime. They have to take care of the patients. They can't wait for an investigation. But at the same time, this there was enough time, in my opinion, for Hamas to release something that could have pushed the evidence against uh, the state of Israel, which they haven't done. As well, Israel hasn't released anything that's really conclusive. The information that they've released either can't be um, verified by an outsourced source or it contradicts one another. And so we're left at a place where we don't know who's responsible. Thank you, Tal. Um, just a few more thoughts. You know, I, I definitely haven't looked into this as much as um, as deeply as you have, but just a few things that kind of seem unclear or even sketchy on both sides. Um, first of all, the recording that Israel released, it, it just doesn't seem authentic. Like the way they're speaking almost seems like it's acting. And I don't know if anybody else picked up on it, but the second I saw that, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about that. And I'm interested to know if anybody confirmed that they're speaking in a Gazan accent. That's something else that I'm interested in, if you know about. Um, another thing that, you know, is important to keep in mind, Israel does have a history of bombing hospitals. They've uh, bombed multiple hospitals throughout the, the different waves of violence, including um, more than one this time. Um now, the way Israel justifies that, they say Hamas is operating out of these uh, hospitals. So, you know, there's there's a military gain to bomb these hospitals and they make an effort to clear out the hospital before bombing. But it's not it's not that Israel doesn't bomb hospitals. They do. Um, then the other thing on, on the Hamas side of the narrative that just didn't add up, the, the speed in which they were able to report the, the casualty number just didn't make sense to, to be able to know that 500 people were dead within hours doesn't seem likely that you could really reach reach that conclusion. Uh, and then it, it seems like there was the photo that was released and really what you see is the car park that was uh, bombed and it doesn't look like it was even that much of a high power uh, rocket or missile that hit. And it, it's unclear how uh, something like that can actually cause 400 plus deaths. And that's another thing that I think needs to be questioned, how many people actually died. Um, and I, I don't know if we could actually know that. now. 
I want to zoom out just for a moment because we're focusing a whole lot on one incident that let's say 471 civilians were killed. It's still really just a fraction of the amount of civilians that have been killed and that will be killed. So our focus on this is not is not solely because of uh, the civilians that were killed. It's more so the approach to knowing what is true, right? We're kind of using this as an example to help people make sense out of other things that have occurred and will occur. Um, but yeah, just any, do you have thoughts on, on that? Yeah. So I think um, during this, during a war, I mean, the online information war can play a massive role in actually ending a war or accelerating it. Um, and that is something that needs to be known in terms of what's the fact that Hamas has been focusing so much more on the hostages recently is because they know that that is a very valuable um, uh, piece that they can use against Israel and stop a ground invasion. Um, Because the more they talk about the hostages, the more foreign governments are going to try to intervene to get their people that have uh, foreign citizenship out. And it puts um, Israel in a place where it can't um, start its ground invasion. Um, And so that's working for them. Uh, Also, it's a lot of the issue is also a lack of understanding. I mean, the amount of experts I've seen in the past few days who have never talked about the conflict in their entire life suddenly are. Um, uh, For example, my partner, she watches this influencer who talks about weight and uh, fitness and stuff like that. And suddenly she made a post about the war and listing a list of demands that Israel needs to meet in order to end the conflict. And it's like, who are you? And not because I don't, maybe you care about the conflict, but you don't actually have an understanding of it. It's for example, I saw that there were, um, there was a fighting going on in the West bank and people were saying, don't let this distract from anything. Hamas isn't in the West bank. They're lying. It's like, no, they are like Hamas has strongholds in Hebron. Hamas has entire universities where they've won general elections in the student parties. Like these are individuals who don't even have a basic understanding of what is happening on the ground, just from a factual state of point about where these different fighters are, where these different groups are. Um, and so having their input actually can, to some extent, really damping, dampen understanding what's actually happening in terms of um, innocent uh, Gazans who are being caught in the mess and innocent Israelis who are being caught in the mess. Um, and that is something that has been really troubling uh, watching of all these individuals who are giving their opinion, who have no clue what they're talking about, not because um, they don't need to be, uh, you know, a PhD at, um, candidate in order to be able to have an opinion, but when they don't even know basic things, I'm talking about not knowing when the state of Israel created, not knowing the difference between the Palestinian Authority and Hamas, not knowing the difference between uh, PIJ, the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, and Hamas. If you don't know these very, very basic details that are fundamental to understanding why these groups are fighting and what they're doing, then the question is, why are you talking about this topic? Fair. Cool. So, um, Tal, you're, you currently, you know, you initially put out a report and you said, based on that initial report, you conclude it's a rocket, uh, uh, PIJ rocket, Islamic Jihad. Um, no, I actually concluded it was Hamas. Not oh, oh, you concluded it was a Hamas rocket. Okay, thanks for the correction. And then after a few days, you re-reported saying you're now 50-50, you're unclear. Yeah, Can- so that was that was mainly due to uh, further analysis of the angle of the explosion, of where it actually hit. Um, and also, to some degree, also the, the, the intensity. While it wasn't, of course, uh, intense like some of the airstrikes that we've seen from the IDF, um, I did see imagery from Ukraine and the Russian war of artillery strikes that smaller um, 
uh, munitions actually have produced similar explosions and similar sizes of casualties. I, not casualties of the numbers that they've given, but more the actual destruction that we've seen. And so because of these new, this new information, I changed my analysis to uh, represent that. Again, depending on what information comes to light is what I add to the analysis. Awesome. Um, so you currently put it at 50-50 based on... Yeah, there, there's the main things that we need to figure out is fragmentation, the actual direction of where it came from, because while we know roughly the impact of where it happened, we don't know the trajectory of the rocket or the missile exit, where it came from. Uh, because there is a possibility of both the artillery strike or the uh, missile, both make the missile essentially making a turn and going down. Um, something that I do want to mention that I think is important that I see people talking about is not in the chat, but in general online is about difference in intelligence communities and what they have to say. Um, I always take intelligence communities with a grain of salt, uh, not just because they, you know, they have interest in terms of, you know, most likely the UK or the United States isn't going to release a def, uh, de, uh, essentially a report that defames the, um, the state of Israel and puts them as responsible for this attack. Um, or Al Jazeera or other sites are not going to showcase the um, Hamas is responsible and other intelligence agencies in the East. But also do the fact that, you know, I think we sometimes have an, this weird idea of how um, smart intelligence agencies are in terms of the information that they have. The only ones who really have a clear intelligence window into Gaza is Israel. We also know that it failed um, horrifically at actually being able to see everything that was coming towards them. And so I also lack how much information did these other intelligence agencies that don't, as far as we're aware, operate within the Gaza Strip, what information that they did they have that the Israeli intelligence or the American intelligence didn't have? And so I think that the majority of the, um, the intelligence reports that are being put out by these um, organizations is more secondary information that they're simply all reviewing the same information that I am, but maybe some more high risk satellite imagery um, and just simply coming to different conclusions because, you know, they have a different understanding of things. Awesome. Um, so I, I think we, we were quite thorough. We, uh, I, I guess we could come back in a few days once more information is given just to kind of finalize this once, once more information comes out. But, you know, just for, for all those viewing, again, it, it's it's unfortunate that it's so hard to know what's true. Um, hopefully this, you know, what we broke down helps you make sense of it. But it's also perfectly OK to not know. Right. It, it's better to acknowledge that we don't know exactly what happened um, than than guess uh, lacking proper information. Now, when you guess, you might guess correctly once in a while. But you're also going to guess incorrectly sometimes. And it's yeah. just not it's just not the intellectually honest way to approach a topic. You don't want to you don't want to guess and sometimes be correct. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, like yeah. also to, to build on that point, I think it's about accountability. I think that something that you're going to see, whether it was it was Hamas, like let's just say in a, in a week from now, we find out that it was Hamas that was responsible or we find out that it was Israel. You're going to have all these different analysts going to say, see, I knew from the very beginning. But if you actually look at the majority of these people, they did it based off reports that were either faulty. They, they didn't really know what they were talking about. Again, just as Adar said, it's a 50-50 whether it was Israel or it was um, Palestinian groups. And so someone's going to be right. 
but make sure that the people who that you're listening to and looking at their information that they are taking accountability for things that they posted for example in my last analysis i accidentally marked um these holes on a building that i assumed were shrapnel based on how they looked but it turned out someone showcased to me that these are actually ventilation holes that are unique to gazan buildings that we don't have here in israel and so i have to correct that in my next update and it's something that i was very clear i also responded like oh i didn't realize that and i think that's something that's really important is taking accountability and understanding that when you're wrong because on a lot of the other channels that i've seen that they're be doing these similar analyses they still have these these evidence points up that were proven wrong for already days now and they haven't made a correction they haven't stated in the comments there that this is actually wrong and i'm sorry for making this conclusion so also make sure that people take accountability for the things that they publish um and don't simply get to say oh well you know but i was right at the end of the day it doesn't matter it also matters how you got to that so um solution exactly cool um top thank you so much uh we'll, we'll be we'll be doing at least another two live streams this week I, we don't have anything specific planned i think next next saturday or next friday we're going to actually have zach corner and zach foster on they've been on a few times uh, they're both named zach they're both jewish one's a zionist the other's an anti-zionist so that'll be an interesting one uh and we'll have a few more live streams throughout the week i'm sure talia will be back with us as well um wherever you are around the world hope you're staying safe and sane we're sending you a whole lot of love until next time see ya